God can't bless what we don't confess. We cannot get what God has for us until we're willing to go back and close that door that we opened so long ago or that someone else opened in our lives. God can use whom he chooses. And that includes you and me. I want you to be present. I want you to live a life that's fulfilled. I want you to get out of life every good and perfect gift that I have for you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith, and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to a live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast. I have not actually gone live in quite some time, but I feel like for this session, I would like to go live and actually do it live streaming on Facebook and Instagram, not Instagram, excuse me, on YouTube. And so the last one that I did um, initially, I was wondering if I would go live, but I did click live on YouTube, but not on Facebook. And I used to go live when I started this show. Many of you may remember if you've been around since March, 2020, when the Confidence Restored podcast was released, it used to be referred to as the CC America podcast, which stands for Confidence Centers of America. But for some reason today, I just felt led to go live. And it made me think about our lives. So the title for today's show um, is specifically regarding open doors and a closed opportunity. And the reason that I titled it the way that I did is because so often in life, when we think about sin and we think about the different things that we encounter in life, and we think about just different decisions we may have made. We think about the people that we've encountered. We think about the things that we may have done or not done, um, whether or not we've been obedient. It really made me think about open doors and closed opportunities because the thing is God can't bless what we don't confess. And so I have been doing a lot of soul searching and heart work and just trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? And the funny thing is he's already given me some things that he gave me 10 years ago that I still haven't done. And for a long time, I allowed that to keep me in a place of shame and condemnation because I'm like, God gave me this a decade ago. Where would I be if I had only started then? And I think about the Israelites when they were freed from the Egyptians and how long they wandered in the wilderness on the way to the promised land for 40 years. 40 years they wandered because of their murmuring and complaining, because they lost the faith that they had. So when we think about faith, we think about our lives oftentimes in belief, um, trust in something. For me, confidence restored is really about restoring confidence and faith in God. And it's a personal journey because I can say that I didn't always start out as confident as I am today. And I can say that unashamed because I am who I am. And I know that according to the word, 
when we think about who we are in the body of Christ, John 15 reminds us that we are all branches in the vine. And I actually recorded something earlier that dropped in my spirit. And I said, if we are all branches on God's tree, then that means God can use me. And that means he can use you as well. But the enemy, the devil wants us to be in condemnation, believing that the mistakes that we've made will hold us back. He wants us to wander for 40 years in the wilderness, forgetting the promises that God has given us or having us live in condemnation because of the things that we've done wrong. And don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning the things that we do wrong. I have had to repent for the things I've done wrong. I've had to renounce things and word curses that I have spoken over my life or over the lives of others unknowingly or sometimes knowingly. I've had to... Um, repent for a lot of different things. And I feel like I'm always getting corrected. And there was a time in my life where I was like, God, why do I feel like I'm always getting corrected? Yet the wicked seem like they get away with everything, but that's because they're not in God. So, you know, when they say, you know, better, you do better. But I oftentimes have expected myself from other people, but I have also expected people in a fallen world who don't even believe in God to conform to godly principles, which that doesn't even make sense. It really makes us to a degree double-minded and crazy because we're trying to figure out why these individuals are as wicked as they are. And that's because they are not walking in righteousness. They are not walking with God. They don't even know God. And so once you realize that it gives you a different level of grace for what other people may be going through or how other people live. And even in the body of Christ, the word reminds us that none of us are perfect, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Again, that doesn't mean that we are to continue to go on sinning and doing what we want to do. But I have started to really understand condemnation more. I will say in the last month or so where I've been like, now I get it. It is truly separating us from God. It's separating us from having faith. It's separating us from believing in his word because we feel like we are naked, like Adam and Eve. The enemy came to Adam and Eve. Uh, well, he spoke to Eve first in the garden and he told her a half truth. He told her that surely if she ate from the tree, she wouldn't die. But we know what happened there. Hence the reason we're living in this fallen world. And just like he did with Eve, I think he does the same thing with each of us now, where he gives us a little bit of the truth, where it sounds believable. And we tend to fall into the trap of thinking, you know what? If I dabble in a little bit of this, a little bit of that, it's not a big deal. And I realized this morning as I was doing some studying and also um, participating in a prayer call really early this morning under the um, leadership of Prophetess Tiffany Montgomery, I really started to realize some things about life, about even myself, about my own personal journey. And I thought to myself, that is exactly what the enemy wants. And it was funny because I had a thought in my mind regarding a particular idol. And right after I had the thought, the prophetess mentioned it on the prayer call. And sometimes I think we think that God can't talk to us when we're in our mess. But when we think about even in the word, God has been able to save people in their mess. When we think about even the disciples and where they were before they came to God, some of them were in many different places, including Saul who persecuted Christians. And on his way 
to persecute a Christian who was praying and fasting against that will being done, he was saved and turned, he was converted and turned his life around. So I'm like, if God can do that for him, why can't he do that for us? And the thing is, it's not that he can't, he will, and he can, but first we have to be willing to confess where we've fallen short. And so the reason that I wanted to do this show and I did it live is because what just dropped in my spirit is that's what we do. Sometimes we try to hide. We want to clean it up before we take it to God. And he was like, I don't need you to clean up anything because some of what's in you, you can't clean up. Some spirits only come out by prayer and fasting, like he reminded the disciples, but some things he has to break. And God is probably laughing at us when we think we can do it. We're like, God, I've been struggling with this thing for years. And you all may recall on the last episode, I talked about the man at the pool at Bethesda. And on the last episode, when I talked about that, that man had been lame for 38 years. I am 38 years old. And as I was speaking during the last podcast, because much like this one, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare, but I said, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit will give me the words to speak. And whoever is supposed to listen to this show will listen to it and they will get from it what they will. And that God would be able to send forth his word and be able to bless whoever is supposed to be blessed by it. Because I can tell you in recording these shows, I too have been getting blessed. But for 38 years, he struggled with that infirmity of being immobilized. And I think about my life, of course, as a baby, I was immobilized because I was a kid. Like I I wasn't able to walk at that point. But then as I grew into a toddler, as I grew into a child, and then I went through my teenage years and now in adulthood, I realized that a lot of the open doors in my life, some of them started early on. And so when we think about open doors, the reason that I titled this Open Doors, Closed Opportunities is because sometimes we cannot get what God has for us until we're willing to go back and close that door that we opened so long ago or that someone else opened in our lives. And you may recall on even the podcast before that, where I talked about the story of Amnon and Tamar, Tamar was raped by Amnon. He opened up a door of desolation for her because of his sin towards her. But the impact was a a lasting impact on her of being a desolate woman. And they don't go on to tell us more about her story. It was essentially an example that when we think about life, some of us have had doors that have been opened by people who are no longer even on this earth. But We're still struggling trying to figure out how do I close it? How do I forgive? How do I get that closure from someone who either one, doesn't want to give me that closure or is no longer here to give you that closure? And that's where God is like, I need you to come to me, all who are weary. I will give you rest. I will help you close that door. First, you have to forgive your past and be willing to say, I have a past and I am okay with that. My past is my past, but what the devil wants us to do is hide under shame and condemnation and focus on what we did and believe that because we may have sinned or we've made mistakes that God can't use us, but God can use whom he chooses. And that includes you and me. And so 
when I think about this message, I did write this down in the show description that when I say God is doing a work in me, <laughs> let me tell you, it is a serious work. I feel like my heart is ablaze. He is like, let me help you. Let me give you a heart of flesh. Let me rip out all the thorny stones that have been placed there through situations and past hurts and pains and things that people have said to you. Let me help you get through this. Whereas for the longest time, I've been trying to get through it myself. I've been trying to clean myself up. It's like, before you go to the doctor, let me try to do what I can to make myself appear well versus going in, going into the doctor's office in whatever state that you're in so they can truly diagnose and figure out what the issue is. So today, like with the woman with the issue of blood, here I am. I have issues. We all have issues, but I pray that my mess will be a message. I pray that the mistakes that I made will be able to set someone else free and that they will also set me free. Why? Because now I'm like Satan, your tricks will no longer work. You cannot hold over my head mistakes that I've made or things that I've done that may have not been pleasing to God because I'm going to tell him myself. And you think about children and you think about parenting. If you're willing to go and tell your parent what you did before someone else can go and tell your story, you feel a little bit of a weight and a burden lifted after you're able to say, you know what, mom, I did this. Versus if someone else goes and tells on you and then you're trying to figure out and scramble and say, okay, well, how am I going to explain my side of the story? Because now they've heard another version, whereas you could have just came and confessed where you've fallen short. And so I'll continue on with the description. I am grateful for God's correction because the word reminds us that he corrects those whom he loves and he loves each of us. I have a burden for myself and for others in this season because some of us have allowed past mistakes to define our present and delay our future blessing. And let me be clear when I say past mistake, that does not mean that you are always the person responsible for the mistake. Someone else could have done something to you, but because of what they did, it opened up a door. And I'll talk about that in a minute. After all, God cannot bless what we don't confess. So we've made mistakes. We've allowed what others have done to put us in a particular place or in a particular mindset that we can't move forward from. But when we think about confessing, let every day be a confessional. When we go to God and say, you know what? I messed up. I had a thought. The word says, take every thought captive. As a matter of fact, all of us have to repent every day for things that we do. I'm sure that there's a, a thought that will pop in your mind that you that may not necessarily be godly because we can sometimes have thoughts, but then we have to remember that the word says we can take it captive. So I have even said, even as early as this morning, there was a thought that popped in my head and it was a thought of worry. And I started to become afraid. And I was afraid of the spiritual realm because I started, I said I was going to start reading a book on how you break demonic covenant and curses, because let's be real, the spiritual world is a real world and we are not battling against flesh and blood. We are battling against a real enemy and it's time for us to really prepare for war because he is coming after our children. He is coming after us, our souls. He is coming after our future generations. He wants to exterminate us. He wants us all to go to hell. He doesn't want us to be able to share the gospel. He wants 
the prophets and the prophetesses to look crazy and those who are trying to inspire people to look crazy. And that's actually in Hosea. He wants us to look like we're the ones who are losing it. Whereas we start to allow the open doors of sin and the little small doors to become normalized. And so my goal of doing this show is hoping to help set someone else free. But like I said, this also has been helping me and it's been helping me because I want to be used by God. I remember telling him many, many years ago, over a decade ago, that I wanted to be blessed to be a blessing. And there are so many gifts that I feel like I've been sitting on because I've been worried about the opinion of others. And if you know the story of Saul and um, 1 Samuel 15, he lost his place as king, not because he wasn't supposed to be king, but it was because he feared the voice of the people. And some of us have feared the voice of people so long that we can't even walk in who God called us to be because we're worried about what everyone else has to say. And another thing that I recorded um, recently, and actually, so oftentimes what I do with regard to like things I post on social media, when I get a message from God, I literally download it. And when I say I download it, I put it wherever I need to put it so I can remember it. Because the truth is, I'm probably going to forget. There is so much that happens on a day-to-day basis. In my day job, I am a training manager. I'm managing multiple projects. And I have a lot on my plate. But outside of work, I am also a mother um, to a toddler. She will be four um, very soon. And I'm also trying to work on following my dreams and doing the things that God has called me to do, including recording this show, producing this show. I edit, I record, I manage my own social media. So all of the digital creations that you see, I do that. And I don't have a lot of time to stay on social media. So oftentimes I'll tell people I post and ghost. I get back to the comments when I can get back to them. And I've taken social media classes where they say, you know, you should be present. You really need to engage. And as much as I want to, I just don't have that type of time. So whenever God deposits something in my spirit, and I do believe that it's Holy Spirit led because the thoughts that I have, I know they're not coming from me. And the reason I say that is oftentimes he will confirm it. And even right before this show, I literally was like, God, I don't have anything prepared. The only thing I have is the description that I wrote right before I hit the go live button. And I was like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, should I go live? Because I don't have the scriptures ready to go. I have not prepared, but I felt in my spirit, I need you to go live. I need you to go live. And I keep saying that I need you to go live. God needs you to go live. He is speaking to not only me, but to someone else that's going to listen to this show. He needs you to go live. He needs you to be it, there was a show. I couldn't watch it. My mom wouldn't let me. And I understand why it was inappropriate for my age range um, when the show came out. But in living color, God needs us to be live. He needs us to live in color. He needs us to not hide behind our past mistakes because that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to hide. He wants us to pretend that we don't have sin. He wants us to pretend that we are perfect. He wants us to pretend that these little things that we do, these little doors that we open, that it's not a big deal. And actually early this morning, I was listening to a message from a former witch on CBN. And she talked about how even in Hollywood, they have been 
bringing witches on set to participate in movies to make it more realistic. And in fact, um, she was talking specifically about the movie, The Craft, the second uh, version where they did bring in a witch to make it realistic, but then also to make sure that they didn't open any doors that they didn't want to open. But I thought about it, The Craft, I'm just being honest, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I did not realize that I could have been opening up the door to something else. And what was interesting is the former witch talked about that that movie was actually what opened her up to going into witchcraft and really researching spells and deepening her her involvement to the point that she was tormented and fearful of a lot of things. And so today when I was in my shower, I was praying and then I started to feel anxious and I started to feel afraid of the dark side because of the things I had listened to. And it wasn't that it was bad things. It was things to help me build up my spiritual person. But at the same time, because of fear from a long time ago, I realized this morning as I was listening to that because it popped up and I said, oh, I need to listen to this. But I started thinking, whoa, that is deep because that was one of my favorite movies growing up. There were quite a few movies regarding witches and witchcraft that I actually enjoyed. And I realized now in hindsight, it opened a door. And back when I was in high school, I remember one instance where I was tormented for years because I spoke to a young lady who was practicing like divination and she would do palm readings. And I was working in a pharmacy at the time. She was one of my colleagues and me and her, we were cool. I didn't have any issues with her, but one day she offered to read my palm and I naively said yes. And after that, because of what she told me, and I won't repeat it because I've already prayed and renounced it in the name of Jesus. And I've talked to God. I've repented plenty of times and just asked him to forgive. But that's another thing. Once we repent and we have to have faith and trust that God has forgiven it and he has thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. We're the ones that remember, but God, thank God, he doesn't operate like us. But I remember being so afraid, like literally I was tormented when I say for years, it was like five years that I was afraid that something really bad was going to happen to me because of what I allowed her to speak into my life. Words have power. And even for myself, things that I've said to myself for a long time, I struggled with my weight because of what other people said about my weight. And I wasn't extremely obese or huge. I mean, according to the BMI scale today, I could lose a few pounds, but <laughs> that's a work in progress. And I will. Um, but back then, I look at where I was back then, and sometimes I wish I could go back then because back then I wasn't even as big as I thought I was, but I allowed people to tear me down so much because of their distorted view of image that they continued to tell me that I was big, that I didn't look good enough, that I needed to change how I was to the point that when I look back at my pictures now, I wish I was the size that I was. I wasn't big then, I'm much bigger now and have more confidence now. And that's because I finally removed the weight of other people's opinion. And again, I allowed that door to be open, but then there are doors that I have opened and I'm just going to keep it real. I said, I'm going live in living color. So I'm keeping it real. 
there were doors that I opened unknowingly as a kid. Because when we think about our eyes as a gateway to our soul, when we think about what we take in, I've purposely had to stop taking in so much news because I used to watch the news every day. Some of that fear came from after being involved in the tornado um, in 1993. And I have an episode that talks about that. You can um, search for that on the Confidence Restored podcast. But I survived that storm and there was a lot of fear. So I watched a lot of news. So if you think about what I was taking in from the media, it's just the images of everything that's going wrong in the world. So naturally, I opened up the door to fear. Another thing that I opened up the door to is lust. Not only did I open up the door to lust by the things that I saw on TV, some of it, again, by mistake, some of it was by choice. Like for instance, the news, I watched it sometimes by choice. Sometimes I just happened to come into a room and it was on. But there were inappropriate shows that, as you all know, come on TV and you're flipping through channels and you see something you're not supposed to see. But because of how we are made, naturally you're intrigued and then you keep watching and you don't turn it off. So then you open up a door. And now you think about primetime TV. And it was so interesting. What came to mind this morning is the hypocrisy in this world and the double standards. I remember when it came out about Kirk Franklin and pornography, how much of a big deal it was. And don't get me wrong, because even the Bible tells us what will happen with regard to our sin. But what I thought was interesting was how people reacted when a lot of them were probably watching inappropriate things on TV themselves. So we think about TV shows now. There were shows that I've watched. I've watched like housewife shows. I've watched Scandal. I've watched Love and Hip Hop. I've watched shows on on premium channels like The Affair. And while those shows were good and drama filled, meaning they were good from a drama perspective, they weren't necessarily good for my spirit. And in hindsight, I think about those doors. Naturally, God has made us to be sexual beings. So of course, we are sexual beings. That is something that our bodies are designed for, designed for in marriage. But I unfortunately did not wait until I got married before I crossed that line. Many people have not. And for those who have waited, keep waiting. Because what happens is you open up a door. You open up a door to allowing your soul to become damaged, to allowing you to become desolate because the very thing that you are chasing after or that void you're trying to fill from rejection. And I know for me, I think some of that came from feeling rejected, not feeling like I was enough. So I know that I've entertained people in my life, especially in my past, before I got married, that I knew I shouldn't have been entertaining them, but I did because there was a void. There was a person in my life, a very close person in my life, who made decisions to not be present. And what I will say is their decisions impacted me in ways that I didn't realize that they impacted me. And so feeling like I was chasing after that feeling of love. I realized that I started to do things out of that 
hurt and out of that rejection. So I wanted to feel love. But what happens is some of us mistake lust and love. We mistake love for lust and vice versa because the images that are being pushed to us are highly sexual in nature. So then our mind, our eye gate, our soul, we are thinking that that is love. So when someone pays us a little bit of attention and they tell us that they are interested in whichever way they decide to communicate that, we start to equate that with love. But some of us, if we didn't feel that rejection so early on in life, we may have been able to discern the difference between the lust versus the love and not gotten caught up in dead-end relationships where you're feeling hurt, you're feeling abandoned, you're feeling lonely in a relationship, but it's because we didn't understand love from God's perspective. Hence the reason he tells us not to fornicate, have sex before marriage. He tells us not to do certain things, not because he doesn't love us. Yes, God knows he made us sexual beings, but he tells us those things to protect us. With Amnon and Tamar, when Amnon raped his sister, then she disgraced him. What did he do? She said, she even told him before, we should not do this thing. But when he raped her, he then was disgraced by her and sent her away, a desolate woman. So it wasn't her decision to be raped, but she dealt with the condemnation. She dealt with the shame. She dealt with the desolation. She dealt with the rejection. She dealt with the abandonment. And there's a lot of us with issues that started that didn't stem from us, but they're flowing through us because we haven't closed that door. And so the devil is happy because he's like, yes, not only did I, not only did I get the person in your bloodline, but now I'm about to get you. And if you don't get it together, I'm coming after the generations after you until someone stands up. And as Tiffany Montgomery says, and someone stands up and says, I am going to be the repairer of the breach. Wherever this started, I'm going to finish it. And there's a reason why I wore what I wore today, because I feel like in life I've engaged in many battles, especially with the enemy coming for my mind. But now I'm like, no, there is no condemnation because I'm going to go to God before you can go to him. There is nothing you can tell God about me that I didn't already tell him about myself. So for someone listening to this show, there are things about you that you need to just go to God and tell him yourself. Where are you broken? Where are you hurt? Where have you started to run to other people when you should have been running to God to fulfill the void that you felt from how you've been treated? Those issues are real and it's not just impacting women. Men deal with it too. But again, God cannot bless what we don't confess. He can't make our mess a message if we aren't willing to share with him the true condition of our heart. The thing is, he sees it all anyway. He sees what you do. He sees what you think. When I sees what you think, he hears what you think. He knows everything. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. <laughs> he knows and sees everything. And even something as simple as grieving the Holy Spirit, when God gives us something to do when we're disobedient, sin. When we worry, sin. There are so many things that we can do that are sin. <laughs> and most of us, focus on certain sins. And I will be honest, I was one of those people. I would look at people like Hitler and be like, how could he do what he did? 
And yes, what he did was absolutely horrible. But according to the word, there is no sin that is greater than the other. And I struggled with that because I went to Catholic school for a good amount of my my childhood up until ninth grade. And I often would ask the nuns like really tough questions because it didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make sense. I'm like, how is that even possible that if you lie by omission? So for instance, you just decide not to tell, not to say something that you know is part of the truth, but you don't share that. And then someone makes a different decision because you lied by omission because you didn't tell everything. You told parts of it. How is that the same as someone who murdered millions of people? Well, in God's book, sin is sin. And he says, turn away from it all. And when you think about that rejection and that feeling, so God told me to read Hosea. I I say God, but meaning the Holy Spirit was leading me because the Bible even says greater works shall we do after Jesus left this earth because of the spirit that lives in us. And the enemy wants us to believe that's not even real. But yet, how often do we trust the lies of the enemy, but we don't have faith in what God says? So I'm a work in progress. I'm trying to turn that around. I'm like, oh no, if I can so easily accept fear, why is it so hard to accept faith and have trust in what God says about me? So now I'm speaking what God says about me. There is no devil in hell that can condemn me anymore because of what God says about me. And when I tell you this morning, mm, prayer was something serious. And literally the things that were dropping in my spirit, I feel like some chains are being broken off of me in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that chains will be broken off of you, off of your bloodline, because we do have the power if we go to God and we ask him, because Hosea is a prime example. And when I tell you all, when I felt in my spirit to read Hosea, I said, no, (laughs) I said, no. Um, So for anyone listening to the podcast, you can definitely check out the visual version of this show on YouTube. But um, yeah, I didn't want to read it. And part of the reason I didn't want to read it is because I read the opening from my Bible and that opening did not sound pleasant. I was like, why do I want to read this? Why do I want to read a book about a man that God told to marry a woman that was in whoredom? So essentially prostitution. Why would I want to read that? And he went through the pain of being married to her, but God was able to restore. It actually talks about a lot in Hosea. I encourage you to listen to or read the entire book, because when I tell you the entire book is a blessing to your soul, the entire book was a blessing to my soul. I listened to it uh, again this morning, but today was the first time I actually got through the entire book before I would listen to like a few chapters here or there. But today I actually got through the entire book and there were so many scriptures. And that's why I was like, okay, should I go live? Should I take some time to write down some of the scriptures? But I'm going to trust that I'll be able to find the ones that I'm supposed to highlight. (laughs) Um, But I did tell you that I'm live. So I did not practice. I did not. And most times I don't have time to practice just because of my schedule. So I just trust that God will send the word forth that he wants me to share. And oftentimes I feel very blessed because I'm like, wow, I, I'm learning too. 
And I don't think it's by mistake. And I, I thank God that I finally started becoming more obedient. Have I gotten it all together? No, because in March, he told me to release a t-shirt that I still haven't done yet. I have the design. I made the design. I have it sitting in my Adobe account. He gave it to me in March. It is October and I haven't released it, but I am going to release it. There are so many things that are in my spirit that I have not released. And I often question why, why am I doing this? Like, why am I not doing it? Because on the job, I show up every day. I give 110%. Last week, I worked late a lot of nights just to get things done. But it's funny that the things that God is calling us to do, we have all these excuses why we can't get it done. And God is like, time out for excuses. You don't have time to waste. I put you on this earth for a reason, not for you to waste time doing like doing everything else. And don't get me wrong. I love my job. That, so that's not what I'm saying. What I mean is I have set hours for my job. I go to work. I do my job. I can do my job in the set hours and whatever I can't finish, that should be okay. But how I've operated, another door that I open is that door of busyness, the same door that Martha had. So when Jesus came and Mary was able to sit at his feet and just listen and take in what Jesus was trying to give them. Martha was busy. I have had to repent for that spirit of busyness. I've also had to repent for the spirit of procrastination. And it's like, well, how in the heck are you procrastinating and you're busy? Like, how does that work? When I tell you I'm always getting corrected about something, I'm like, dang, I thought I got it. But we're always going to grow. And if we aren't growing, God is showing us things in these seasons because he wants us to become better. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He doesn't want us to stay where we were. And for some of us, it's difficult because we're just like, I'm going through the motions of life. And he was like, I want you to do more than just go through the motions. I want you to be present. I want you to live a life that's fulfilled. I want you to get out of life every good and perfect gift that I have for you. I don't want you to just go through the motions. So he wants us to live live and in living color and not on the vulgar side, but just living live, just living life using the gifts that he gave you. I've been blessed to be able to dance. I've been doing it since I was a kid, acting. I started plays in elementary school. Um, I continued it in high school by going to the governor's school for the arts and technology where my focus was dance and theater. And then when I went to undergrad, audition for the dance team, didn't make it, but still found different ways to, uh, well, that was a whole other story. I did record that on another podcast. I made it, but I didn't make it. There was something about me that they thought I made the team, but I really didn't. A whole other topic for another day. But I ended up joining fashion shows. Um, again, still on the stage, but being able to utilize some of the gifts. So the dancing, but I did that to help increase my self-esteem. And what I thought Confidence Centers of America was going to do is specifically help women increase their self-esteem and understand their self-worth and, and their self-value. And yes, I am doing that. However, it has grown into so much more. It wasn't until last year, actually, you know what? I think it was October. It was like last year in October, when one day I was coming from, um, I was driving back home and I had just taken out the trash and the thought popped in my mind. Sometimes you think that 
what you lost was the blessing that got it got away when all actuality you are the blessing that got away and sometimes we look at situations in life we look at relationships with people friendships whatever it is and we think man when it comes to an end that you lost a blessing when the truth is you are the blessing that got away and the thing is god can bless us wherever we are he can bless us even after the heartbreak. He can bless us whenever he wants to bless us. But either way, I digress. I got a little off track, <laughs> but it's still on track if you catch what I'm saying. So I am going to read uh, the beginning of Hosea. This is chapter one. And again, this is why I didn't want to read it. Um, it said, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Berai, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. So he did what God told him to do. He was obedient. <laughs> He went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, call his name Jezreel for yet a little while. And I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And so essentially she continued to bear children and God named the children after what would happen. So for instance, she had another child named Loami. And that meant, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. But then it continues on in verse 10 and 11 and says, Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. So there, it sounds like a contradiction. You, he called them not his people, but then he said they will be sons of the living God. Verse 11, then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head and they shall come out of the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel. So in Hosea, throughout the entire book, it's literally blessings and curses. Meaning he married a woman of whoredom. The woman broke his heart repeatedly. But then God said, go back and love her. So in chapter three, verse one, it says, then said the Lord unto me, go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel who look to other gods and love flagrance of wine. So I brought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an homer of barley and a half homer of barley. And I said unto her, thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So you continue to read Hosea and literally throughout the entire book, it talks about what the people were doing. 
They were literally not following God. They rejected God. So God talks about how he was going to reject them. And it wasn't until the very end of the book that God decided, okay, so you all have rejected me. Now I'm rejecting you. And then at the end of Hosea, which it wraps up in chapter 14, he essentially restores them. But then I thought about life and I thought about things we go through. And that's why I just felt led to go live. And I said, you know, we have to confess. We have opened some doors. The things that we watch on TV, the media, the media is slick. Like the uh, the former witch said, she said a lot of stuff. She said they have people praying over things in Hollywood for a purpose. And it's not necessarily a good purpose. It's for us to be deceived. And what was interesting is um, both her and also um, a former satanic uh, priest, I believe he was a priest, uh, John Ramirez, very powerful man of God now. He transitioned and turned his life over, but he used to worship Satan. And he talked about how the demonic spirits would torment him and how he thought he would die and all these different thoughts that were of the devil. And he, he shares with Christians how you can be free from fear. And he talked about how when he was in the dark world, how they would fly over cities and pray that certain things would happen the same way that we pray to God, they pray to Satan. And I was like, oh, that's deep because I started to fear, uh, feel, excuse me, fear. And I was like, fear is not of God. He's given us the power of a sound mind. The enemy wants us to be conflicted. So the visions and the things that are coming into us and it's coming into us at a rapid pace, even on social media, before you know it, something can slip up and you get distracted. Something that you were not intending to see, like what I mentioned growing up, you flip across, you flip through the channels, you see something you were not meant to see, and now you're intrigued and you can't turn it off or you're watching something else. And then you open up a door, a door that is really hard to close unless you are willing to confess to God, hey, God, I have a problem. Hey, God, I did this. God, I... I did not wait until marriage. God, I did this. God, I have worried. God, I have been fearful. God, I have not trusted you. God, I have been lazy. God, I have procrastinated. Whatever it is, God, I did it all. Yes, not all, like not literally, figuratively speaking. Let's be clear. Um, because there's a, like I, there's a lot of things that I do because I want to, at the end of my life, I want to be able to run my race and God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But I also realize that the open doors, unless I close any open doors, God can't bless my mess. He can only bless me when I'm willing to confess, God, hey, I may not be perfect. I've messed up. Show me the areas that need to be filled. Show me where I need to change my heart. Show me where I may be angry. Show me where I might be holding on to unforgiveness. Show me myself so that I can become the woman that you call me to be. The same way that he was able to show people in the Bible who they were so they could become the men and women God called them to be. So I was talking about Hosea and in 14. So we know in the beginning, he told him to marry a woman of whoredom. He did. Went through a lot of heartache. 
Then God talked about how the sin of the people would result in punishment unless they return to God. And so in Hosea 13 and 14, that's when he talks about the people turning back to God and turning away from their sin. And I thought it was really powerful because even in Hosea in that chapter, it talks about how God won't even correct the women for the sins that they commit because the men were committing them. And I was like, wow, this is, it's so deep. But then it also talks about our idols. And I have had to repent for idols too, because idolatry is so easy to fall into idols. Whatever we focus on more than we focus on God can become an idol. For me, I remember there was a time where I worked so much that work was an idol. I stopped having faith in what God was going to do for me because I was so dependent on my job that if they were to fire me today or tomorrow, my life probably would have fell apart because I worked so hard to please people. And God is like, you're working hard to please them. Let me show you. And he showed me real quick because during a season where I was busting my butt, working so hard, I went through, I'll say hell and high water. I ended up being lied on, got demoted, lost some of my money. And I had, I was so dependent on that job. And it was in that year where God was like, wait a minute, you thought that they were going to be the ones to bless you. Let me show you what I can do. And literally everything that I thought I lost, he reversed it. He literally reversed it and put me in a higher position where I was thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I remember going through like a depression where I was sad. I was crying. I was hurt. And then I remember writing in my journal, which I still have here from 2010, I wrote in this journal the pros and cons of that role that I was in and if I even enjoyed it. And I didn't, but I just didn't want to go through what I went through. And that person who ended up lying, things turned around, even for them, they ended up leaving eventually. But I remember that was when I realized who I am is not tied to anyone's title of who they think I should be. And I even recorded another message. Uh, and for anyone just tuning in, I said a little bit earlier on, when God gives me messages or deposits things in my spirit, I write it down. I download it. I have a lot of things downloaded in this journal. So back in August 2010, I wrote that my life's mission going forward from that day would be to inspire the lives of others through service, dedication, and faith. And then I started writing down my dreams my wishes. And I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see things coming to pass. But it was so much and it was so deep that I realized that we sometimes we've made idols out of things and God's like, okay, I'm coming for your idols. I'm going to tear down that stronghold because you won't let it go. I got you. I'm going to take care of that. I'll just move you out of the way. What you thought you needed, I'm going to show you. The only person you need is me. And so I fast forward now, even in the last, let me see, what year did I leave that job? Okay, I'm remembering the year now. Five years ago, I have increased my income 75% in five years. That wasn't because of people. That was because of God. Okay, let me tell you. Literally, I was like, that is nothing but the Lord. And don't get me wrong, I'm not rich, far from it. 
in, in that time, I had to get more debt. I went back to school, got a master's degree because I couldn't even be promoted to manager without a master's degree. Yet there's different outcomes for different people. That was not my testimony. So I had to go back to school just to get promoted to a manager, go into debt because I was denied assistance, whereas other people were given it freely. But again, God was like, don't worry about how they treated you. I got you. I In due season, you will reap a benefit because you continue to work in excellence regardless of how people treated you, regardless of the people who lied, regardless of the situation you found yourself in. Because at the end of the day, a business is a building, but the people are what make the business. So if you have good leaders, then you'll see good outcomes. And if you have leaders who aren't so great and not everyone is a believer, you will work with some people who are very prideful, who are very vindictive, who are very manipulative, who can't see other people shine, but that has nothing to do with you. And that's something that I really want to drive home from a confidence perspective. We have to let other people own their sin. Let them own their condemnation. Let them own whatever it is they need to own because that's not on you. How they choose to treat you is a choice. All you can control is how you treat other people. So don't trade poison for poison. It's not worth it. And the reason I can stand here and say it's not worth it is because God blessed me after that. And all of those people, I will just say God handled it. And I literally was able to sit back and witness it. And to the point that some people ended up needing my help and still don't know to this day that behind the scenes, I was helping them. Why? Because I said, I am working unto God and not man. So um, again, God is coming for our idols because he wants us to focus on him. And even with regard to my journal at first, I was planning to reference this in the beginning, but I didn't feel comfortable doing so because I was like, okay, why? What is the motive? The timing in which I did show this was the timing I was supposed to show it because initially my motive was to say, hey, I can prove that this was from 12 years ago or 10 years ago. I used to feel this need to prove like, hey, like I'm telling the truth. Like this is when this came about. Like this has been a, a long time coming. This is a work in progress. And it's like, for who? It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. As long as I follow and do what I feel God is calling me to do, that's all I have to do. And what I had recorded, the message I forgot to mention earlier was, God is not going to tell you more than he tells me about my own destiny. And that goes for you too. God will allow other people to confirm what you already feel in your spirit you need to do. But some people will make you believe that they have this direct line to God and that he's talking to them and that they know what's best for you in your life. What I will tell you is the Holy Spirit that lives in them lives in you. And if he's going to tell them, he's definitely going to tell you. So going back to Hosea 13, which is where I think we are in America today and also in a lot of other countries, the very beginning, it talks about the idols. So chapter 13, when Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel, but when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they send more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding. All of it, the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore, they shall be as the morning cloud and as early dew that passeth away and the chafe that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor and as smoke out of the chimney. 
Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no other God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. So you may recall on a few episodes before I talked about um, Exodus. He knew them even in the wilderness. And actually, I talked about it at the beginning of this podcast, wandering around for 40 years. God had already promised them the promised land, but they forgot to maintain the faith. The same faith that parted the Red Sea was the same faith that was going to deliver them into the promised land. But when they got there, they looked at what it looked like, not what God said. Hmm, That was a message for me right there. There are things in my life I've looked at what it looks like, not what God said. And then you stop doing it because for me, even with doing the podcast and other things, like I paid for the podcast. I paid to host my show. And if I looked at funds for my business, I would be like, oh, I I don't need to do this. Maybe I'll, I'll stop doing it. But I'm walking in faith, trusting that one day God will bring me into that promised land. But it takes some work on my part, too. So I'll keep reading verse six, Hosea 13, verse six, according to their pasture. So were they filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they have forgotten me. I don't want to forget God. When God lifts us up, I don't want to forget him. And that was the idol he was tearing down for me in 2010. He was like, you're so focused on a title that you have forgotten why I put you here. This is a step in your process. This is not the whole staircase. This is not where you're going to land. This is not where you're going to end. This is just your beginning. This here was preparation for another place, but I have to shake it up because you will not leave because you're comfortable. And that is a word for someone. The reason you are still in the situation you're in is because you are comfortable. You will not leave that dead-end relationship that dead end job because you are comfortable. And when we get too comfortable and God has a call on our life, just like he swallowed Jonah up in the whale, he was like, oh, I'm taking you to where I need you to go. If I have to swallow you up in a whale and spit you out, you're going where I told you. You're going where I will send you. So I'm going to trouble the water so you don't get comfortable so that you can't stay comfortable so that you won't depend on people. And so when we read in Hosea 13, like when I tell you, I have been so blessed by this today, just sometimes listening to the word. And I'm like, wow, it's so powerful. But he said, I did know thee in the wilderness. He knew you before you went to the wilderness. He knows you in the wilderness and he'll know you after the wilderness. So verse six, according to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. And because their hearts were exalted, they forgot him. Therefore, I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard, by the way I will observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps and will rend the call of their heart. And there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. But in me is thine help. In God is our help. I will be thy king, where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities, and thy judges of whom thou sayest, Give me a king and princes. I give thee a king in mine anger, and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. 
Oh, death, I will be thy plagues. Oh, grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come upon from the wilderness and his spring shall become dry. His fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. Samaria shall become desolate for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces and their women with children shall be ripped up. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds really rough. But I think about our our world now and what's happening. There is so much chaos and so much turmoil. And it's because we have turned away from our first true love. And even in Revelation, it talks about that um, Revelation 2. And ironically, I had read that before one of a prior prayer calls. And then it ended up coming up on the prayer call. So I knew it was nothing but the Holy Spirit because it was confirming something that I had already read and knew. And I was like, whoa, that's deep because God is like, yeah, you're trying to do the, do my work, but here is the one issue I have with you in revelation two. I believe it's revelation two or three, but I think it's two. You have forgotten your first love. I am here live. Like I said before in living color, I can confess openly that there have been times in my life where I have forgotten my first love. And I was reminded of that early this morning. I was up between three and four o'clock. Matter of fact, between three and five o'clock, I was up. And I know for a fact that Tamaria has forgotten her first love. The, the Bible even says in Revelations, there will be people who have ministered and prophesied in my name and driven out demons and God can still turn to them and say, I never knew you. You didn't have relationship with me. And that's what I want. I am craving relationship. But where those doors have been opened, the doors of rejection and abandonment, I've craved relationship with people. And God is like, no, that's not what I, that's not it. Yes, that's a part of it. And yes, I can restore anything you've lost. And I believe that he will. But he was like, that is not all you were put here for. You, we are here to seek and save those who are lost. And I'm believing that one day in the mighty name of Jesus, I hope and pray that I will be able to see these things in the land of the living, that I will be able to help, encourage and inspire. I don't want the blood of other people to be on my hands because I was disobedient. So today I was like, all right, I feel led to go live, even though I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to go live. And here we are an hour later and I'm still talking. Thank you, Lord, because I thought this was going to be a quick show. And obviously it is not, <laughs> but I really hope that it blesses someone. So I'm going to end on Hosea 14 and I encourage you read the whole book. Listen to the whole thing. Had I gotten this in 2021? This would have been recorded, but I didn't get it. It was like March, 2021, I think. I didn't get it because I didn't want to get it. Because when I read it, I felt like, God, what are you trying to tell me? Like, I just didn't get it. And it's, and let me be clear. I am not a woman of whoredom. So let's, let's make that clear. I have not been out running the streets doing any of those things. I'm a very loyal person. So let's make that clear. But what I meant by that is when I read it, I was like, okay, God, what situations in my life are you going to break my heart? What situations have you put me in 
that you are going to allow to break me down and not break me down in a bad way because you can restore. But that's why I said this is all intentional because I was going through a lot on my job and I was like, but God, you gave me the job. The God, the job was a blessing. Like God told Hosea to go with that woman. I believe God told me to go to the jobs that I've gone to. I believe he let me stay for as long as I was supposed to stay. But like, literally I was dealing with things with people where people were coming against me and I didn't understand it. I was like, what, what is this? But even in like Hosea three, it talks about how the wife, even though she wanted to feel the love of her lovers, God took her out to the wilderness to get her together. And he said that even when she's in the wilderness, she will crave after her lovers, but she will not be filled. So in chapter three, God called him to, like we said, he, he she went back to him, but actually it's Hosea two, where it talks about she would not be filled. And let me actually pull that up because chapter two in Hosea is, it talks about where Israel will be punished and restored, but it's using the example of Hosea's wife. And literally, and this, this was powerful um, in chapter two. And then I'm going to go back to 14. It says, rebuke your mother, rebuke her for she is not my wife and I am not her husband. Let her remove the adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts. Otherwise I will strip her naked and make her as bare as on the day she was born. I will make her like a desert, turn her into a parched land and slay her with thirst. I will not show my love to her children because they are children of adultery. Their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but will not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first. For then I was better off than now. She has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for bail. Therefore, I will take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her naked body. So now I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will take her out of my hands. I will stop all of her celebrations, her yearly festivals, her new moons, her Sabbath days, all her appointed festivals. I will ruin her vines and her fig trees, which she said were her pay from her lovers. I will make them a thicket and wild animals will devour them. I will punish her for the days she burned incense to the Baals, a.k.a. the other gods. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but she forgot, declares the Lord. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the Valley of Acre a door of hope. Hope. There she will respond. And in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt, when she came up out of captivity, he is restoring her. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from her lips, the other gods, the other men. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. 
bow and sword and battle i will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety i will betroth you to me forever i will betroth you in righteousness and justice and love and compassion i will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the lord in that day i will respond declares the lord I will respond to the skies and they will respond to the earth and the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine and the olive oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant for her, for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. And now Fast forward to 14. So when he talks about the punishment of Israel, so he uses that example to highlight how even though Hosea's wife was a woman of whoredom and was in prostitution, how God took her away into the wilderness and all the things that she loved, they no longer brought her what she thought they would bring her. They no longer fulfilled her. So for some of us, And the whole purpose of today is to talk about those open doors. There are things in your life that are no longer fulfilling you. The things that you thought would bring you joy. The running after people thinking that they could fill the void that only God could fill. And God is like, I know why you did it. You thought they could fill the void, but I'm taking you out to the wilderness. I'm putting you in isolation now because I need to deal with you. I need to help you. I need to heal you. I want to restore you. I'm going to be your husband. I am no longer going to be called your master. I want you to come to me. I want to restore you. And so in the very last book of Hosea, which as I mentioned, I will leave there, repentance to bring blessing. And you may recall the quote that dropped in my spirit was, God cannot bless what we don't confess. So chapter 14, Return Israel to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and receive us graciously. And that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you, the fatherless find compassion. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely for my anger has turned away from them. And you may recall the anger in 13, but it was a whole lot of other chapters with a whole lot of other anger is what I will say where I was like, woo. But I think sometimes we forget that the word reminds us that God is a jealous God. And that if we have other gods before them, we will deal with the consequences of our sin and consequences aren't always physical, but they can be spiritual. You can be, spiritually in bondage because of things that you choose to do think doors you choose to open again some of those doors are opened intentionally by us but then some of the other doors are opened unintentionally by things that other people have done and so we have to be very mindful to go back to our first love and say god i need you so that he can show us those barren places he can show us 
where we might have iniquity in our heart or in our minds or wherever. And literally every day we have to repent because every day his mercies are new. And the only reason we are saved is by grace. It is not because of us. Let's be clear, because I can tell you, I'm sure I'm going to get on someone's nerves at some point, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, because God made me how he made me. And I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You probably noticed something. I like to rhyme, but anyway, I will continue on. Verse five, I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily, like a cedar of Lebanon. He will send down his roots. His young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like an olive tree. His fragrance, like a cedar of Lebanon. People will dwell again in his shade. They will flourish like the grain. They will blossom like the vine. Israel's fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and care for him. I am like a flourishing juniper. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. So there is hope for us if we trust and believe in what the word says, that if we repent and we ask God to come into our house, not into our house, well, actually into our houses too, but into our lives, that we can be saved. So Right now, I feel led to end in prayer. So for anyone that has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, just coming to him and just being open and honest with the condition of our heart. And I was one of those people. I was a serial altar caller. (laughs) And I'm just joking. I I say altar caller like jokingly, but I was the person whenever they did the the prayer of repentance, I I had my hand up. I was like, I probably, I messed up again this week. I had a thought. I got angry. I was frustrated because how someone treated me. Now I'm feeling a type of way and I'm trying not to have unforgiveness in my heart, but now I'm mad. And God is like, okay, yes, you can, (laughs) you can repent. You don't have to necessarily go to altar call every single week, but honestly, we do need to repent every day and really focus on the relationship with God because he's the only one that can restore our soul. Hence the reason the title of the show changed to Confidence Restored in 2021. And it started to really make sense why I had this burden on my heart for so long, but I didn't really understand what it was until now. And I think part of that was because I had to go through some things. I had to grow through some things. And I can say now that I'm glowing through some things, but he had to take me there. So eyes closed, heads bowed. Lord God, we come to you now thanking you for this day. We ask that you would forgive us for our sins. We ask you to come into our hearts to make us new. We repent of our sins, Lord God. We renounce any curses that we've spoken over our lives, any doors that we've allowed to remain open, Lord God. We renounce them, Lord God. We repent to you and ask you to come into our heart and make us new. We trust and believe in you. We believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. And we know that if we believe in your son, that we can see you again, because you said that if we believe in your son and we repent for our sins, that we can be made new, that we can walk in righteousness and trust that we are forgiven and that we are born again in Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy, and your provision. And we give you praise, glory, and honor on today and every day. And we pray that anyone who 
needed to repent for their sins and come to you and just trust that you are with them. You know we are sinners and that you love us all the same, but you can only help us if we are willing to confess where we've fallen short. So Lord, we come to you sinners asking you to forgive us, asking you to give us an, a clean heart and renewing us anything that the enemy tried to steal. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I hope that this show blessed you. I know that it will bless someone because it has definitely blessed me and it has reminded me of so many things that we can always come back to God like the prodigal son. God rejoices when one comes home. So may you be that one today. May you be the one that be the one, excuse me, to go back to your father and say, I am here. I am coming home because guess what? You're an heir to the throne. So on that note, people, I pray that you would be blessed, that you have a wonderful week and you keep on keeping on. And don't forget, please share this show with a friend or multiple friends or on your social media, because you never know who can be blessed by this message. This message is all about helping individuals get mentally fit. So we want to share stories of faith, inspiration, and transformation. And we just want to share real life in hopes of helping someone else be able to walk through this thing, knowing that they're not alone. So I will close on that note. Be blessed. This episode of the CC America podcast is being sponsored by Confident Connotations, creating Christian apparel and accessories that promotes confidence, inspires life, and sparks conversation. Each design is carefully crafted, giving you an opportunity to share your faith. Visit confidentconnotations.com for more information. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe, and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.